This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the British Royal Fanatic Podcast. I'm Hayden, your American friend with a passion for British Royal history. This week, it's all things Platinum Jubilee Tours, so if you enjoy the British Royal family and updates from the Platinum Jubilee, stick around. This is the episode for you. We are nearing the main Jubilee celebrations, the core of it all, and we royal commentators are very excited to see how this will turn out because the Jubilee has started quite rocky, and we'll get to that towards the end of today's episode. The core royals, the most senior royals of the firm, have been representing the Queen going out on royal tours across the Commonwealth. The last of them have actually wrapped up about a week ago. Their Royal Highnesses, the Prince of Wales and the Duchess of Cornwall, visited Ireland March 23rd through the 25th. Their Royal Highnesses, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, visited Belize, Jamaica, and the Bahamas March 19th through the 26th. Their Royal Highnesses, the Earl and Countess of Wessex, visited Antigua and Barbuda, Grenada, St. Lucia, and St. Vincent, and the Grenadines April 22nd through the 28th. And Her Royal Highness, the Princess Royal, and Sir Tim Lawrence, visited Papua New Guinea April 11th through the 13th. So Prince Edward and Sophie were the last ones to have their tour to round them out about a week and a half ago. In terms of royal work and royal news, tours are a very big deal. They don't happen too often, maybe one every other year, maybe one um, every two years, but they are a very big deal. Why are they a big deal? For the royals, it's a time to put their best foot forward, to diplomatic work, initiate charity work, and highlight causes that they feel are very important. They meet the general public, and in general, they put on a royal show. Royal tours are a way for the firm to show exactly how important the royal family is by doing this diplomatic work. For the rest of the world, it's a time where we can really scrutinize the royal family to try to see if they're truly in touch with the general public. It's a time of charities, speeches, formal dinners, embracing local cultures and traditions. For commentators, we get to see fashion and splendor. And again, if they're truly in touch and understand what it is that they're doing, royal tours are 
a huge deal. They are years in the planning and everything is thought out down to the meticulous details. So when tours such as these come up or there's multiple tours happening at one time, it's really easy to see who's in touch and who's not. Most of these tours have actually been fairly successful. They've achieved the job set out to represent the queen to celebrate her platinum jubilee but others actually haven't been so good. There have been some huge PR nightmares that in some cases have put the monarchy and the Commonwealth in a really precarious situation with some of these tours. These tours, especially the ones in the Caribbean, have actually highlighted some missteps and blind spots within the royal family. But before we get into the core of today's episode, we do have some fun announcements. If you are following the podcast blog, I made I made a bigger post about this with more detail a few days ago but just to sum it up wonderfully yes um the blog is expanding uh coming up things to look forward to we're going to do some book reviews i'm currently reading and rotating through two royal books at this at this time one of them might actually get a podcast episode because it already 50 pages in it presents a lot of (laughs) tina brown really means it when she wrote her book the palace papers that megan should have had this book before she entered because it's very insightful but the youtube and video podcast uh ideas are starting to get off the ground the blog is expanding i'm trying to post there more frequently i understand that the past um the my upload schedule has been a little inconsistent as of late but hmm, that's sort of a common thread here at the podcast um the anchor donation uh, has uh, been removed and if you do wish to donate to the podcast we just have our uh, one-time donation paypal link that is pinned up on the twitter but the monthly donation and that type of subscription is uh we're just experimenting a little bit with just having the paypal link in last little announcement when this goes up, I am actually getting ready to go on about a two-week vacation with my mother out of the country, so things will fall completely audio silent here at the podcast for two weeks as I'm out of the country and taking a break. I'm taking a 100% complete vacation and turning everything off, so when I come back from my vacation, things here at the podcast are really going to start to amp up and we're going to start expanding, so get excited. But now back to the royal tours. So Prince Charles and Camilla and Princess Anne had tours that relatively flew under the radar. They weren't necessarily much to shake a stick at. They appeared. They did what they were said to do. People seemed to enjoy it for the most part. Critiques were at a minimum and bada bing bada boom. I actually forgot Princess Anne was going on tour until I saw the update that she had landed in Papua New Guinea and was um, in a military processional. So I had actually completely forgotten that she was gone. Prince Charles and Camilla, of course, stayed near the UK, stayed near London, stayed near the Queen, because we have to take things into general context here. He is the heir apparent. He is the Prince of Wales. The Queen's health is very precarious. Camilla and Charles both have gotten COVID. Uh, Prince Charles has gotten COVID twice. The Queen has gotten COVID once. Um, the Queen's health is very precarious. Charles and Camilla are getting older. They're you know, The Queen's slowing down. They're getting more responsibility. So it makes sense why Charles stayed in, you know, the general area of the UK. He was only about a few hours away from home. It completely makes sense. The decision to have all the other royals, Princess Anne, Prince William and Catherine, and Prince Edward and Sophie, those that are still working for the firm, sort of going to the outer stretches of the Commonwealth, makes sense especially with Prince William and Catherine having the going more places and having a more strenuous tour it makes sense we have the heir and the we have the heir apparent and the heir presumptive doing you know slightly 
more work that would be in line with what their duties are. But the tours of Prince Charles and Princess Anne, sort of what went under the radar, nothing really bad happened. It was the tours of Prince Prince William and Prince Edward. They were PR nightmares. They were disastrous. They didn't really achieve the goals that they were needing to. And now the Jubilee has an even bigger cloud over it walking into the main celebrations this summer. But why were these tours so disastrous? Well, first let's look at William and Catherine's. We're going to look at two points here, why they were so bad. The first one is that the general feeling of unrest and protest about the couple being there. So they went to the islands. Both Edward and William went to the islands. And the general consensus is there were lots of protests. Things had to be changed last minute. Parts of the tour actually were canceled. And there was a lot of unrest and protest about the royals being there. So that's the big point why these were so bad. But also the second point is Catherine's team her team her private secretaries her designers whomever is on her team did her dirty in this tour and we're we'll explain in a minute but this first point these general feelings of unrest in the islands so more more and more of the islands within the commonwealth are actually starting to do what barbados did and they're actually trying to pull away from the commonwealth and 100 percent be independent the islands in the commonwealth are independent up until a point they've um They recognize that the queen is their head of state and they do participate within the Commonwealth, but more of them are trying to do what Barbados did, become become 100% independent and remove the queen from their heads of head of state. In doing so, wanting to become independent and pull away from the Commonwealth, many of the islands felt that the Jubilee was a last-ditch effort to squelch ideas of wanting to become independent. That this was a please stay, please don't go, we'll, we'll, we'll visit you, we'll make you feel important, and then, you know, please don't leave. And the islands really didn't want to participate. They didn't really want that. The general temperature from the islands was that we don't really want you here. With having, especially William and Catherine, when they were on tour, it brought back some sentiments of colonialism and imperialism. It really angered a lot of the native islanders especially in the wake of the BLM movement. The islands are wanting the UK and especially the royal family to acknowledge the wanting to acknowledge the past, the colonialism, imperialism, slavery. They're wanting to them to acknowledge it. And actually some islands are demanding that they pay reparations when faced with protests and given a platform to try to explain and acknowledge the the royal family didn't and it just made things worse it made things so much worse especially the military parade where William and Catherine paid homage to the queen and prince philip being in the same car having similar silhouettes it reminded it just the sentiment was there but it just further stirred up these ideas of colonialism imperialism and the islands wanting the royal family to again acknowledge and apologize and they didn't do that especially in jamaica they saw a lot of this in jamaica in light of the recent shift in overall politics and with the blm movement many of the islands want the uk and the royals to apologize for their colonialism past and for slavery and they also want them to pay reparations there were protests all over the islands want again with with similar sentiments apologize make amends acknowledge and we don't want the queen as 
as our head of state. Jamaica, in some ways for William and Catherine, was their really big embarrassment. Uh, the day before the couple arrived, 100 Jamaican academics, politicians, and cultural figures uh, signed an open letter calling for the royal family and the British government to apologize and pay reparations for subjecting the islands to colonial rule and slavery, and this was all spearheaded by the Advocates Network. The letter said, quote, We are of the view and apology for British crimes against humanity, including but not limited to the exploitation of indigenous peoples of Jamaica, the transatlantic trafficking of Africans, the enslavement of Africans, indentureship and uh, colonialization is necessary to begin a process of healing, forgiveness, reconciliation, and compensation. So essentially, they want them to acknowledge the past and we need to move forward. The letter's main writers describe Prince William and Catherine as, quote, direct beneficiaries of wealth accumulated by the royal family from the trafficking and enslavement of Africans. Referring to the Queen's Jubilee specifically, the letter says, and I quote, We see no reason to celebrate the 70 years of ascension of your grandmother to the British throne because her leadership and that of her predecessors has perpetuated the greatest human rights tragedy in the history of humankind. So again, we have in writing where we've said their three, their three demands, they're again very openly stating their criticisms and they're sort of creating a platform for the royals to try to acknowledge and actually do something about it and they didn't do it the next day when prince william actually had his speech he didn't actually formally apologize but instead he expressed quote profound sorrow for the appalling atrocity of slavery during his address to the jamaican prime minister but again he just said oh this is really bad he didn't actually do what the letter was instructed to do he then continued saying slavery was abhorrent and it never should have happened i strongly agree with my father the prince of wales who said in barbados last year that the appalling atrocity of slavery forever stains our history so you're acknowledging that it's bad but you're not actually apologizing for it the advocates network issued a statement in response calling the prince's words quote unacceptable adding quote there was no responsibility taken no call out of centuries of british bloody conquer um, conquest and plunder that wasn't the only issue that plagued Prince William and Catherine. They actually canceled their first engagement in Belize because of protests. They were set to visit a cocoa farm on March 20th, but locals staged a protest against the visit, objecting to the couple's plan to land a helicopter in a local uh, football field without consultation. They were just going to land there, and it made a lot of people really angry because apparently the land is very sacred. The protests were part of a wider land dispute between indigenous communities and Flora and Fauna International, or FFI, the conservation charity that William supports as patron. Locals allege that the charity controls their communal ancestral lands lost in the colonial era as well as private property, according to the report. Demonstrators carried banners reading, Prince William, leave our land, and colonial legacy of theft continues with Prince and FFI. So they canceled their first engagement in Belize, and they were met with boundless protests in Jamaica about, again, the same thing, slavery, imperialism, you need to acknowledge it, and when given an opportunity, they didn't do it. There was also a weird PR nightmare with photos when I believe they were going to, I forget which island it was on, but they were greeting the public, but they were at a uh, sports field and they were actually on the field and everybody else was outside and there was this metal fence that was separating the two. And yes, they went up to try to shake hands and talk to people, but all we see is this complete separation in photos that was, again, a complete PR nightmare. But also Catherine. So Catherine's team, Catherine's Fashions, 
to be very blunt, were very tone deaf, and I'll explain why. There are multiple instances where she was very overdressed. She was incredibly overdressed when having to go to a few of these just like cocktail hour, um, cocktail hour-esque uh, dinners and barbecues. And she's in, you know, these full length gowns, hair down. Um, there were, of course, instances where some of it was appropriate. Like the military parade, she was in her white lace. There was a big formal state banquet. So, of course, you know, she's, you know, all decked out. Wonderful, great, awesome. But there were multiple instances when she was in the islands and she was completely inappropriately dressed. She was either overdressed or just what message are you trying to send here with your clothing? And there was a sort of a reason why they went a different route with Catherine's clothing. So in around 2011, 2012, shortly after they got married, they went on a tour to the islands. And similar similar to, to this one. And one of the things that happened is they were gifted clothing. I forget which islands they were gifted clothing from. But they were essentially gifted island gifted clothing from from one of the islands. But they were misunderstood and they thought it was from a different island. So they wore the clothing to the different island and it upset both islands. There was miscommunication and it really made the royal family look bad. And Catherine, just stepping into her royal shoes, really left a weird taste in everybody's mouth. And from that moment on, she really hasn't worn any foreign clothing since. She really hasn't embraced foreign designers when she goes on tour. She really hasn't done any of that because of how much of a nightmare it was when she accidentally offended two different islands when uh, she thought she was doing right. So from that moment on, coming in here, we were curious to see what she was going to wear, but she ended up not embracing any of the islands, not wearing anything from local designers, local colors, local cuts. It was all still British designers. It was all still either handmade within the firm or the designer she has. I know she still really likes Sarah Burton for Alexander McQueen. In other instances, it would be one thing, okay, we understand, but all that we see the general public is everybody in linen suits you know sundresses and she's in a gown and we have they have to walk into the islands into the forest to get to where this bonfire is we see her in just weird cuts it's it was just the sartorial messages being sent through her clothing were not received well it wasn't really well planned out they were trying to evoke images of princess diana again towards the end of the tour wearing similar cuts and just vintage looking suits and pantsuits and because but it was Catherine's clothing really upset a lot of people because it didn't represent it she didn't try to embrace any of the local island designers she was really tone deaf and being very overdressed the whole time and that was one of the bigger pr nightmares where you see her completely standing out not looking comfortable not it was i can't stress enough how much seeing the news in real time of what she's wearing and just whoever was on her team that approved that again probably got in trouble. Catherine's fashions were completely not appropriate for what she had to do. And lastly, the last thing that sort of ended things weirdly uh, for William and Catherine was at the end of the tour, William gave it like an end of tour speech, and he kind of apparently deviated a little bit from the book. He apparently added his own things into the script. The one quote that really stuck out with everyone was, quote, We support with pride and respect your decision about your future. Relationships evolve. Friendships endure. And in some ways, many commentators believe that that was him acknowledging that many of you want to leave. We can't force you to stay. 
what you do what is what you do and we support you so in a very quick nutshell prince william and catherine's tour was plagued with protests a tone-deaf fashion team overdressing catherine and William going off the book at the end, sort of acknowledging that we know you want to leave. If you want to leave, we can't force you to stay. But then Prince Edward and Sophie were plagued with very similar sentiments for their tour. The protest started with William and Catherine, and boy howdy did they continue for Edward and Sophie. In fact, they were originally planned to visit, you know, St. Lucia, St. Vincent, and the Grenadines, and Antigua, and uh, Barbuda, but they actually had a stop in Grenada. They were going to stop there, but the protests in Grenada were getting so violent and so loud that they met with Grenadan officials, and they actually, through a, quote, mutual agreement, decided to postpone their Grenada visit, and it got canceled. Ambassador um, Dobreen Omar, the chairman of the Antigua and Barbuda Reparation Support Commission, wrote an open letter to Prince Edward and Sophie. It criticized the royal family for their past comments on slavery and warned them not to repeat them. They were sort of warned, especially Edward and Sophie, were really warned to ride this line, try not to say or do anything that could upset, you know, yes, protests are happening. You have a, you have to walk a very delicate tightrope when you're here. And please don't, don't make similar mistakes that William and Catherine made or anybody in the past. The letter continued saying, quote, Everyone in your family continues to live in the splendor, pomp, and wealth attained through the proceeds of the crime. It has become common for members of the royal family and representatives of the government of Britain to come to this region and lament that slavery was an appalling atrocity, that it was abhorrent, and that it should have never happened. We hear the phony sanctimony of those who came before you that these crimes are a stain on our history, but you do nothing about it. They were... Uh, at the start of their tour, the royal family was very much warned with, you know, Everton Sophie specifically, do not disrespect anybody, don't walk, you need to walk this line. And at the end of this tour specifically, it really became apparent that this became a, quote, please don't leave the Commonwealth tour. And there's a few pictures where Sophie's trying, like, she went into a bird sanctuary and got attacked by birds and... Everybody looked just generally uncomfortable. Things with her fashions tend to went a little bit better. She seemed a little bit more appropriately dressed for being in the islands than than Catherine was. Boy, her team really did her dirty. But what are some of the common themes here with these two with these two Caribbean tours? So, so the biggest thing is that those that were in the Caribbean islands wanted the British government and the royal family to acknowledge what happened in the past to fully acknowledge that yes this happened we did this we are sorry and we want to make amends that is in a nutshell what the islands wanted and they got none of that they got some of the similar statements of this was so bad this was a stain this was appalling behavior that happened here and then they moved on and it really angered a lot of people the islands feel that they live in privilege at their expense they feel that the royal family shouldn't be there that they don't have their best interests anymore they don't want the queen as their head of state anymore when given the chance to apologize you didn't take it some of the islands have already begun the process of becoming 100% independent, and now they really want to leave the Commonwealth now. And in some cases, it felt a little bit like the white savior trope and that the royals were completely tone deaf to truly what was going on. It really made a lot of people angry and in turn really made the royal uh, jubilee tours feel weird, where they're this sort of split, where Charles and Anne, things really, you know, went according to plan. 
But for William and Edward, it really went south. And there were PR nightmares abound, photo ops at... (laughs) Photo ops... The ones where Sophie's getting attacked by birds and William and Catherine are shaking hands through a through a through through a, a wire fence really weren't necessarily things they wanted captured for the tour. But now we have a larger discussion here where can the Jubilee be saved? When we entered the Jubilee, everybody was really excited, and then news of Prince Andrew's settlement came and Prince Andrew trying to weasel his way back into royal work through um, escorting his mom through Prince Philip's memorial service and his very flawed attempt at making a statement for the anniversary of the Falkland War. So the opening of the Jubilee and the beginnings of everything were sort of tainted and put a shadow on, had a shadow cast over them with Prince Andrew. Now with the tours, there's this 50-50 split where more of more of them were actually a PR nightmare and really put the monarchy in this really precarious state within the islands where more and more of them are wanting to become independent more of them are actually even when the royals were there had already begun the legislation to become independent I know Jamaica had started that I can't speak for the other islands there's open letters and open protests where tour schedules had to be changed last minute engagements had to be canceled a whole island visit had to be canceled um, things were sort of rushed through. We have a royal duchess whose fashions were very tone deaf and were very overly dressed and in some cases inappropriate. That, again, really made people go, you really aren't in touch here. So we have half the tours that went over as, as anticipated and half the tours that were fraught with PR nightmares that now the royal family is trying to clean up. But we have one last bit of the Jubilee celebration still left, and that's in the summer with the Trooping of the Color, the bank holiday, the three big days of, of celebrations. But we do have news for today where it was announced through, I saw it through royalcentral.co.uk, but Buckingham Palace press office did release that Prince Harry, Meghan, and Prince Andrew will not be in attendance for the Trooping of the Color and the... Um, military parade there they will not be on the Buckingham Palace balcony the Queen will be there but the only people up there will be the actual working royals in the firm and their children so the only people that should be up there is Prince Charles and Camilla Prince William and Catherine Princess Anne and Prince Edward and Sophie and of course their respective children those are the only ones that should be out on the balcony and it sort of casts out you know Princess Beatrice and, and Princess Eugenie um, it's of course, Prince Harry and Meghan won't be there, and Prince Andrew won't be there. And in my opinion, that is the way that they're trying to save this. We've had tours that were a mess. We had the first announcement plagued where the Queen said, you know, Charles will be king, Camilla will be his queen, and they've changed their tune there. Um, the Prince Andrew scandal looming over. There's been so much that has cast a shadow over what should be a wonderful time hell the queen got a barbie doll she has a barbie doll after her now which looks more like helen mirren than the actual queen but i digress there but what should be a wonderful celebration of her 70 years on the throne 70 years of service has become you know, fraught with even more family drama and even more scandal that in my opinion this is their way of trying to save it by not having harry megan or andrew there they're the three least popular royals right now, especially Meghan and Andrew. Just having them not be there for such a big event is, in, in my opinion, a very smart PR move. We, of course, had Omid Scooby come out and go, no, they will be there for the Jubilee ce- celebration. So if, they're, if they are going to be there, it'll be in the more private family 
celebrations. They're not going to be out celebrating publicly because the palace did confirm that they will not be on the balcony. The balcony is only for the working royals and their children, respectively. But can the Jubilee be saved? I think it can, but they're going to have to walk a very fine line to try to save the PR that were these tours and the beginning of the Jubilee with a session day. But what do you think? Did you pick up on any of these messy aspects of the royal tours, especially William and Catherine's? God, theirs was so... I can't stress enough how poorly their tour went at a time when they really needed a good tour. They didn't get one. But what do you think about the royal tours and can the Jubilee be saved? Can the PR of the Jubilee be saved? I think so, but it's going to be an uphill battle to say the least. My sources for today's podcast are royalcentral.co.uk, the Royal Family's official website, royal.uk, time.com, the BBC, the Daily Mail, and the Independent. If you made it this far, thank you for stopping by the podcast today. I really appreciate it. If you'd like to recommend topics for future episodes or want to let me know how I'm doing to make the podcast better, you can do so by sending an email to britishroyalfanpod at gmail.com. There's also the official podcast blog, britishroyalfanaticpodcast.wordpress.com. Things are expanding there. I suggest following it or getting on the email list. You you know what to do there. But things are expanding. Uh, Cop on the train before you miss it. If you'd like to keep up to date with things happening in the podcast, there's, of course, the social media. There's an official Twitter page, at Fanatic underscore Royal, and the official Facebook page, the British Royal Fanatic Podcast. And there, I really like suggestions there. I try to respond to everybody as quickly and as uh, effectively as I can. If you also feel so inclined and would like to donate to the podcast, there is an official paypal one-time donation link pinned to the main twitter page head on over to wherever you're listening to rate review subscribe and share the more you do the more people can see the podcast and the family can continue to grow and expand who knows what the future will hold but with that thanks for stopping by have a great rest of your day and i'll see you in the next one